It is that time. It has been that time. That time is nearly done for the week. My goodness, that went fast. Buck Rising here with you for another hour on 104.5 The Zone, on your FM radio dial, on your 104.5 The Zone app, streaming online at 104.5thezone.com or on Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube, and Twitch TV. You can see us, you can hear us, you can hang out with us for one last time, one last opportunity until Monday morning. We appreciate you guys spending your time with us for all of the interaction that we have gotten. Lucas is here. I am here. Coach Mack, Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio. He will be here coming up next. Getting a lot of draft stuff with Mack. We've been taking your calls, though, on heckling. On heckling in particular. Now, something that something that uh, uh, Matt has pointed out, Matt Sirk, I think is how to pronounce Matt's last name, he says Titans fans were chirping Rex Grossman all the time when he was on the Bears. Finally, Rex turned around, and all the dude had was, Rex, you're gross, man. <laughs> Will Bowling snorted. <laughs> Sitting here giggling like a schoolgirl. 615-737-1045. Yeah, the creativity has to be there. The creativity has to be there. Now, I'm not somebody who heckles, but largely that's because I don't go to sports I don't get a, I don't get a chance to whether it's because I'm working or I'm, you know something's going on with the Titans like I'm working during sporting events that most people would attend. But you were that guy in a banana suit at the Indiana basketball games. Ooh, that's an important point to point out. Yeah. So you are you you have a career, a past career as a heckler. Oh, see, this is good. You can't wear the banana suit and just be quiet the whole time. Self, well, I was I was largely incapacitated due to a twelve dollar <laughs> handle of vodka, but you know. That's how things yes, go. Yes, I'm sure that quieted you down. It, 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 I mean, it, a little bit of concussion, I think. I'm still still trying to shake off the car cough from 10 years ago. 615-737-1045. So, yeah, we'll get into the draft talk here in a second. Edge players, linebackers, outside linebackers, and defensive ends are going to be the topic of conversation with Coach Mack for our weekly draft installment. Remember, only... One more with Coach Mack. I don't know what he's going to be doing. I don't know if Coach Mack is going to join us on the day of the first round of the NFL draft. have to check with him on that. That's not something I thought about until just now because we're live producing the radio show. I know that man's got a lot going on. So maybe. But at least one more draft installment pre-draft with Coach Mack. 615-737-1045. Evan in Lebanon has a heckling story that he would like to tell. Hello, Evan. What's up, guys? Been to many uh, UT Vols games, but uh, the best one was definitely the 2016 uh, edition of the Florida matchup where they finally broke the streak. Oh. And as y'all may remember, Quincy Wilson before the game uh, said, have you ever seen a duck pull a truck in reference to will the Vols ever beat the Gators again? So I was in section O, which is kind of the right lower section of the end zone. I'm telling you from that section all the way to the other side of the end zone, uh, once uh, Josh um, Malone caught that last touchdown pass to put the balls up for good, the entire section was just going quack, yeah. quack, yeah. quack, quack, and Quincy Wilson was backed up in the end zone. It was just, it was a masterpiece. It was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Evan, for the call. Like I said, creativity, just like this show, creativity will be rewarded. So Lucas brings up this point that I have in my past, in my college years anyway what have, how long have i been out of college six years probably what is the year 2021 <laughs> 2021 i graduated may of 2015 i've been out of college for about six years and while i was in college 
Draymond Green was also in college. Draymond Green played for Michigan State. I, of course, went to Indiana. And Draymond Green, I also had behind the basket seat. So what Lucas was referencing earlier is during the Indiana and Kentucky, what would that have been, 2012 game in Bloomington, Indiana, at Assembly Hall, Anthony Davis, the number one ranked Kentucky Wildcats, came to Assembly Hall, lost by a point, last second buzzer beater, Christian Watford for the three, the watch shot, as it's known. Dickie V, unbelievable, baby. Still still screaming that <laughs> six years later. But I am just absolutely hammered behind the basket in a banana suit. And the only thing that doesn't move when Watford hits the shot as time expires is the guy with the hood down on the banana suit because I'm slumped over. You can literally look this up on YouTube. It's a tough scene. <laughs> Will, Will Bowling, digital executive, whatever, hell is now, whatever the hell is now combing through the internet for this footage. So I have in my past been somebody who attends a sporting event as a fan and has heckled, even as I don't like heckling now. Because Draymond Green, <laughs> Draymond Green, you think Draymond Green is strident as a professional? Draymond Green in college was just a terror, would harass the fans, no matter what Big Ten arena he was playing in, would go across the Big Ten and just bury kids. Now, I never said anything to Draymond Green because I was close enough to Draymond Green where there was enough enough fear to be stricken into my heart. <laughs> Draymond Green, big scary man. Probably I I can't say that he would probably swing on a player or uh, on a fan. That's that's not something fair that I would say, but uh Draymond Green definitely an exceptional trash talker to the fan bases. So I have at one point when I was far enough out of the reach of Draymond Green said nasty things to Draymond Green. But this must have been early in your college career. Yeah, this was Draymond. Draymond graduated like twenty eleven or twenty twelve. Yeah, so that would have been my career. it would have been my freshman year. So Draymond Green, my freshman year. So freshman Buck versus Draymond Green. Who you got? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> like I said, doubled over, soaked in twelve dollar vodka. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. In the meantime, though, we are gonna. Will have you found the video? Looking very. Uh, it's so great. <laughs> have you seen it? There's just a little yellow blurb. Yeah, there's just a little. I, I can't even tell it's you. There's just like a little yellow spot. It's, it's just a spot, but it just, okay. it's motionless. Are you watching when he hits the shot? Is it, is, I'm, I'm pointing. Okay, well, you'll see the angle from above. You'll probably see it better. Watch when he hits the shot, how everybody moves except the yellow blob. <laughs> except the yellow blob. Okay, so that's you. You look bald. Yeah, well, I used to shave my head. Okay, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But everything you like around you just erupts and it's just Slump. yellow blurbs Literally, and stuff yes, that's moving just in. sitting there. Slumped. <laughs> I could probably, like... Cut this and put this on the internet right now. That's not. That's not why it is on the internet for everybody to see. And now we do. Oh we my just, gosh! Yeah, you don't move. I don't move a everybody muscle. Erupts. You know why? Because Karkov is cheap, and there would have been a lot of Karkov drinking or drunk that day. At that point, <laughs> it's a tough scene. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. So, <laughs> hacky sports talk transition. The draft <laughs> coming up. In less than two weeks from today. We have not spent a lot of time on the Titans today. Specifically, not a lot going on in the Titans world outside of uh, public address audition. Well, I shouldn't say that because obviously they're getting ready to make their draft selections for 2021. So there's a lot going on in their world. But newsworthy-wise, uh, for us to talk about, other than rehashing the same draft conversations, hasn't been a lot out there today. Except for Todd McShay. 
So Todd McShay, of course, draft analyst for ESPN, put out a top NFL draft needs for all 32 teams. It's on ESPN Plus right now. And so for Tennessee, he's listed the draft priority needs this way. Wide receiver, tight end, cornerback, offensive tackle, safety, linebacker. Now, whether that's an inside linebacker, an outside linebacker, an edge player, Todd does not discern. But what he says here is Corey Davis, John Lee Smith, Adam Humphreys are out, which means Ryan Tannehill is hoping Tennessee gives him some new pass catchers in the draft. Beyond A.J. Brown, the current wide receiver depth chart has Josh Reynolds and Cam Batson at starting spots. Anthony Ferkser is tight end one. The Titans did what they had to do to fix a dreadful pass rush in free agency, signing Bud Dupree and Danico Autry, but the secondary now has woes. Tennessee signed Janoris Jenkins, allowed Desmond King the second to walk, released Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson. But what Todd doesn't point out there is that Desmond King wasn't that good last, last year. Like, there was nothing that I saw from Desmond King that indicated that he should be brought back. Just the scoop and score. Yeah, and that was that was against the Bears, right? That was one of his first it his games. Debut. It was his debut. Was it his debut? Okay, so outside, but outside of that, like in coverage, he didn't blow me away. And again, without a pass rush, your coverage is going to struggle if your pass rush isn't there. And we have talked so much about that. But that's what we're going to spend some time on coming up next with Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio. Because there are some edge players that you can find in this draft. Now, how high you prioritize them, given the additions of Danico Autry and Bud Dupree, becomes a different conversation. But with some names that you see in the later rounds, Quincy Roche, local product, Deo Odangbo from Vanderbilt. Quincy Roche, obviously out of Miami. Many, many draft, uh, many edge rushing prospects coming out of Miami this year. So there's a lot, a lot of different players that you can look at and say, okay, these guys are that can contribute. They can contribute to the depth of this team. Because ultimately, that's what failed you more than anything. Your best players got hurt, whether Clowney you consider to be a best player or not, the contributions that he did or did not make after Clowney and Beasley were out. There was really nothing there to help you. So that's what the Titans are going to have to evaluate heading into this draft. What positions are they prioritizing? And where does additional edge help in this draft fall within those priorities? That's what we're going to talk to Coach Mack about coming up next. I'm Buck Rising, and this is 104.5 The Zone. I know yesterday I said I was tired of the word vibe, but you know this song is a vibe. That means Coach Mack is in the building. Maybe not in the building, but at least in the Zoom chat. Titans Radio Zone. Dave McGinnis joins us each and every Friday at this time on 104.5 The Zone. Mac, how we living right now? Buck, good. Good to, good to see you. Good to talk to you. Lucas, how you doing, man? Thumbs up. <laughs> Lucas, a thumbs up for, uh, for Coach Dave there McGinnis. You go. Yeah, there we're, we go. We're out here. We're, we're trying to play dirty, Mac. Uh, we're trying to get Lucas the gig as the next voice of Nissan Stadium because the Titans obviously are doing public address auditions. Lucas has made the top 20. Um, but he's got some pretty stiff competition. So he's, he's trying to conserve his voice. He's out here trying to chase some cloud. He's trying to become the next voice of the Tennessee Titans. What do you think about that? Lucas, congratulations on making the top 20. It's like American Idol. I hope you do really well on your next uh, stage of this. I'd like to make it to Hollywood coach. I could use the long arm of coach Mac, uh, in this thing. Lucas, I've been to, I've been to Hollywood. I know a few people. So just let me know when you want to go. You got it out here. Taking advantage, taking advantage of Mac's Rolodex out of here. Lucas, uh, coach Dave McGinnis here with us on the show. Okay. Before we get into, before we get into the, the edge class 
outside okay. linebackers, defensive ends, uh, guys that you've been scouting throughout the course of this, by the way. How excited are you that we're less than two weeks away from the draft taking place in Cleveland? I know that this is that last year was a lot different. You were doing the draft coverage from a garage last year at this or at just about this time. Now we're finally going to have the NFL draft back live and in person when it takes place in Cleveland. I know you and Rep. Brian, Mike Keith, been working really hard on all this stuff. Well, absolutely, Buck. Of course, Titans Radio always does a really nice job, uh, you know, with the draft, and and we put a lot of put a lot of work a lot of work into it. I'm just looking forward to being able to do it again, you know, back uh, hopefully, you know, with at least some of the public. I mean, the last time we were really all together with the public, we had about three hundred thousand of our closest friends down yep. on Broadway when we did it from the general Jackson, but this is my 35th draft. I never get tired of it. Uh, Rhett Bryan, you know, since I've gotten back here, Buck has been, uh, has been a, an excellent, excellent draft partner for the last four years. I mean, he, he really does a nice job. You know, what, what I do now, I, I watch the tape, evaluate the players and he digs up all the rest of the, of the background and the, the stories on these, on these guys. I mean, it's, we're going to, it'll be a good draft show. I'm looking very much forward to doing it, but, you know, still doing some, uh, some, some film watching because you're never really done with it. Even after the draft buck, you know, right. it's, you, you start looking and, and seeing some guys because there's no way that you can look at everybody. And so, you know, uh, player evaluation, of the national football league that I found out, you know, in all my years of coaching, it's a, it's a year round thing. It really is because you still got to be evaluating the players in the league, you know, uh, because of, of what goes on all, during the season, adding players to your roster. So learning who the players are is extremely important in the national football league. Yeah. Rep. Ryan does an absolute, absolutely incredible job with us. I'm actually holding up for the audience who's watching with us on Facebook Live, Periscope, and YouTube, uh, YouTube, Twitch TV, Rhett Bryan's draft file that he came in here and made sure that I knew how to pronounce everybody's names correctly so that I wouldn't sound foolish on air. That's how good Rhett Bryan is. Uh, with the Titans' draft priorities, we, we've talked with you over the course of the last couple of weeks, the last month, wh- how you kind of broke things down for the audience and for us uh, here. When you go through the offseason, building your roster, how you have the, you have the must-haves, you have the needs, and you have the wants, right? So they address the must-haves in trying to correct the pass rush, the issues that the pass rush had last year, ultimately helping to improve the defense, had a little bit of, uh, had a little bit of uh, t- not a little bit, a lot of talent leave. On the offensive side of the football, brought in Josh Reynolds, uh, formerly of the Los Angeles Rams, to try, basically try out on a one-year deal to see how close to Corey Davis-level production Josh Reynolds might be able to to get, but understanding the players that they've acquired, I guess Mac, when you look at their their needs that they still have heading into uh, the the next couple of weeks, what positions would you place the greatest emphasis on? Because I'm looking, I, I ask you this because I'm looking at Todd McShay's write up for ESPN.com, uh, and he has at this point for the Tennessee Titans, in terms of priorities, wide receiver, tight end, corner offensive tackle, safety, and then linebacker. Does that basically align with where you think they need to be looking as they progress through this thing? Well, with all due respect to Todd, uh, again, you know, you talk about priorities. I mean, you're going to take, here's what they did, Buck, and you're very, you're very, very accurate in saying the way that you, that you address it, because that's the way you do it, you know, with your must, your needs, and your wants. But this year is a little different because of the truncated salary cap, of what happened, you had to, you're, you're going to change 30% of your players 
every offseason anyway. This year was even more drastic and dramatic because you're going to have to let players go because you need cap room. Well, when you do that, then when you're going to have to replace those players, it's going to be an incremental process. So here's what I would say. I would say any of those positions are open to acquisition uh, except quarterback and running back, in my opinion, in my mind. And then it depends because you're picking 22nd. You're picking 22nd because you've won a lot of games. You know, if you're picking in the top five, you've got a bad team and you can kind of take the top of whatever round comes to you and then you can kind of pick and choose. When you're picking at 22nd, there's a lot of people that pick before you, not only in the first round, Buck, but I mean, I know that they had math at the Indiana University. And so every round, every round uh, that follows that, is you're going to be a lot of people taking in front of you. So as far as priority, what you do, that's why you build a vertical and a horizontal draft board. Because then what you do is once about four rounds or about four picks before you're getting ready to pick, you put your bullpen up and you put up pods across across the, the horizontal spectrum of the positions and say, okay, if these people are here, and these are the positions we're going we're gonna to concentrate on. Who do we want? Why do we want? Why do we want this edge guy over this corner? Why would we want this receiver, okay, over this offensive tackle? That's the way you do it on a draft, on a draft board. And you, you start that. You start your bullpen that you put up there about four picks before you get on. Um, especially the first round because you've got 10 minutes, you know, with, with a pick. So you're talking about a, close to 35 minutes before your pick. That's how the discussions go on. And then it goes on like that throughout the draft. But the time that you have and the number of people that you have to look at shrinks because the time between rounds shrinks. And then clearly the board starts getting cleaned out and you have to readjust your board, reset your pods. So that's my answer to that because I've just done it for too many years. You can't just say, okay, this round we're going to go get that because especially when you're picking in the lower quadrant of the draft, you don't know what's going to be gone. Coach Dave McGinnis at Titans Radio here with us on 104.5 The Zone. By the way, you can follow Titans Radio at Titans Radio, and you can subscribe, rate, and review to the official Titans podcast, of which Coach Mack is regularly featured, along with all of our friends, Rhett Bryan, Amy Wells, Jimmy Wyatt, Mike Keith. They do a fantastic job with the OTP. Uh, with and and I, I I really appreciate you giving people that context, Mac, because so often, whether it's a way of I don't want to say dumbing it down for the more casual sports fan, but everything is quantified in lists, priority lists, lists of positions, prospect prospect rankings are obviously important, and you can you can assess uh, fair, well enough that way. But so often we get caught up in how how the how the coverage is served to us as the general sports public, and it just, I think, narrows the focus in a way that does the the actual process for people like yourself who have gone through it a bit of a disservice. But with that in mind, let's let's take a look at some of the edge prospects, outside okay. linebackers, and defensive ends that are in this draft. Now, we've talked a little bit about the top end, Quiddy Pay. You look at a you look at a lot of these a lot of these guys who are being discussed in the first round. Maybe not as as high up as or or being discussed as high up in the draft order, for lack of a better term, as we've seen edge players in previous years. There's a little bit of a difference in the talent disparity there. But what what is your evaluation right now of of what we see of what we are expected to see in the first round with some of these guys that are being talked about? Where, who are you looking at and saying? 
these guys are worth the first round evaluation, given that we've seen more of their pro days. Well, I think Quiddy Pay is one of them. I mean, he is, but he's a he's a he's an unusual look when you when when you look at him because he's not that real long, you know, a guy on the edge. But he but uh, you know he's he's more he's he's more square built. But he's 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 a really really good athlete. He's extremely strong. I mean, I've got my notes right here. I think he's got great lower body strength. He's not a real long guy, as I said. I've got six two to about two sixty one. But here's what he can do: he can rush from anywhere. He can rush inside. He can rush outside. I think he will fit. I think you could. I think you would be able to to use him either in the outside of a three four or. Uh, as a defensive end in a, in a, in a four, three, but in a three, four, to me, he's still more moving down towards the inside just because of his body build. His athleticism is really good and, and his effort and play is really good. So I think he deserves a, a, a first round look. He, he's got, he's very flexible. And what I like too, Buck, he's a nasty player. And that means a lot to me when I'm looking at defensive guys. Uh, you want to go the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Everybody talks about Gregory Rousseau at Miami. Well, here's a guy, you know, that's, that, that's six, six plus 260 pounds. He looks like he's built in a simulator, work. Mac. He looks like he's a creative player. Yeah. But his, but his, his body of work is very, very limited, you know, and of course he was an opt out this year also. So this is a guy that you're purely taking on traits. He's long. He can chase down. They, if you really watch the Miami tape, uh, you know, back in 19, what he did, they used him inside a lot. They used him inside, you know, working on, on, on guards quite a bit. And so he's a completely unfinished product, but the raw ability. And then, I mean, there's just not many humans walking around that are that long that can, that can run and chase. I wouldn't say he's a real, I mean, there's no, there's no chase young in this draft. That is a definite, you know, uh, uh, oh, my God, this guy, you know, will be a, will be a top five pick as, a, as an edge rusher. But these are two distinctly different guys that have distinctly different uh, uh, numbers of plays on tape that you can look at. So, you know, you've got to make the decision to me, Buck, the, the most pure pass rusher that, that I've watched just in movement and stuff is Jalen Phillips. Okay. okay at Miami. Yeah, because he's a very natural guy. He really is. Now, we know he's a UCLA transfer. He's also, and again, this is Rhett Bryant uh, uh, stuff. He's got a history of concussions. But when you just look at natural pass rush ability, uh, I really like this. I like this guy now. Uh, he's got size. He's got length. He's very athletic. But where does that other stuff, you know, fit in on it? But when you look at him, if you just want to put the tape on and take everything else out of it, you say, well, you know, here's a guy that's that's 6'5", 260 pounds, can run. Looks like he's got some bend. He's not elite bend, but he can bend enough. He's, he, he's got a, an array of pass rush moves. I mean, I, I, I like the player. And then you go to a guy that's a complete hybrid, in my opinion, is Zayvon Collins at Tulsa. Where, are you gonna, where, are you, where do you play the guy? I mean, here's a guy 6'4", 260 pounds. When you put on the Tulsa tape and watch him, he plays an overhang position there, which means he kind of lines up stacked over the end. But they used him in a lot of different ways. He's a great space player. To me, he's a, he's, he would be, you know, now he's going to take, take work again. But his athleticism jumps out at you when you, when, when you start to watch him. Uh, he would be an ideal, I think, in my humble opinion, a 3-4 outside linebacker. Because he can cover, he can cover ground, and he can also rush. And you know, if you get him some NFL coaching, he will he will learn how to rush even better. But I really like the upside of this athlete, and plus, I just like uh, his his competitiveness. You know how hard he plays. You know, down in and down out. I really like him. Uh, Quincy Roche from Miami is another guy 
you know, you're talking about down the line, 6'3", 240 pounds. He's not an extra long guy. He played at Temple. He was a transfer. He was a transfer from Temple. Uh, he's, he's a natural pass rush. He's got some feel and some skill with it, but you're not talking about, a, you know, a, an immediate uh, guy. He's a natural pass rusher, but he needs to be better and more consistent, I think, personally, with, with, with you know, down in and down out. And, and of course, a lot of that stuff can can be can be cleared up, you know, with, with environment. But to me, I mean, he's got some skills. He's not an extra long guy, Buck, but he's a guy's got some skills. And then in the Southeastern Conference, let's talk about Aziz Ojolari. I was just you know, about to ask you. Well, see, you and I think alike, and that's because that's because you're smart and I'm not. I don't know okay, about that. Okay, uh, you know, uh, Aziz is six two, two hundred forty nine. He's not long, but he's got long arms. He's got long arms, and that helps you play. You know, that helps you play with length. He doesn't have, uh, you know, the top-end size or bulk, but I think he's a solid, productive player. I mean, when you're looking at Aziz Ojolari, you'd have to have a, a role for him, but I like the player. And, again, when you start looking at people, Buck, I really don't care where they come from. What I look at is are traits. How do these traits transcend to the National Football League, and how many traits do they have that we can work on and develop? And that's what you look at with the edge people. You know, Deo Odobingo from from uh, Deo Dangbo. <laughs> Deo Dangbo. Okay, Odobingo from, <laughs> from Vanderbilt. This is a guy. If he hadn't have, uh, have ruptured his Achilles, I, I I really like his I like his game. Yeah. I really do. And I think there's a lot to work with there. But all of, now you're you're dealing with you're, you're dealing with an off season injury that was a ruptured Achilles. Somebody's going to take a chance on him somewhere and 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 redshirt him this year and see how he comes back from that injury. But you got a guy that's got length that can chase and really really uh, plays hard. I like this player. I uh, I like him a lot too. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio here with us on 104.5 The Zone. I've actually seen every home game that Deo Odangbo ever played because when I was broke and starving and needed money, Coach Mac, I would do the press box PA. For Vanderbilt, so I saw a lot of Deo Odangbo. Not a lot else over at Vanderbilt, but a lot of Deo Odangbo. He really, really stands out. Uh, with when, when you talk about just for somebody who just the casual sports fan, Mac, when you talk about defensive edge players playing with length, I feel like that's analysis that most of us who watch and understand football on a regular basis will recognize what that means right off the bat. For but for the casual listener who may not understand what the benefits are of playing with length when you cite that as something that an, a prospect can do. Can you kind of explain that a little bit in more detail for people? Yeah, Buck, when you're playing defense in the National Football League, it's all about separation. You've got to be able to separate, and especially when you're playing in the front seven because it's all about ha hand placement, who wins the initial hand placement, and how quick can you separate. Because the thing that happens is offensive, offensive linemen are very talented in this league, and you've got to be able to learn. And that's something that a lot of players at the collegiate level don't have to do, especially if they're gifted. They can be slip and slide players and athletically get by anybody without ever using their levers. You've got to learn to use your hands defensively in the National Football League. That's the first thing that, that is taught when they come in to a National Football League camp is how to extend, how to punch and separate. Separate Initial punch and separation is, is paramount to playing defense in the National Football League, regardless of where you're playing in, the, in that front seven, whether you're at the first level or whether you're at the second level, because you things happen so quickly, uh, Buck. You've got to be able to get into somebody – 
a perfect hand placement, but shock and shed. You've heard that term quite a bit, shock and shed, but initial separation and winning hand separation early in the down, that's everything. And so the longer you are, the better chance you have, but then you have to learn the techniques to use, you know, whether you're going to be you know, a speed to power guy, whether you're going to be a chop club guy, I'm talking about pass rush now, whether you are going to be a guy that uses a long arm stab, all of these things are extremely important. And then even if you're playing at the second level, I mean, you can't just go the days of just running your shoulder pads into somebody are over because of the way the offenses are spread out now. And they, they the a running back or whoever has the ball or even the play development is going to be past you if you're locked up with shoulder pads because offensive linemen, they can grab you in this league. And so you've got to be able to play with separation. That's why when I say a, a player like Ojolari that's not real tall but has long arms and levers, that's why you see the wingspan always measured you know, at the combine, the wingspan is, is, is really important in a lot of positions, but defensively, you really look for that length. Coach Mack, out here making us smarter. Before we let you go, Mack, we've been talking a lot about fans heckling players, whether it's okay for fans not to. Will Bowling is a heckler. He's sitting in studio, hiding in the shadows away from the Zoom. Now, you have been on many a sideline over the course of your career. Have you ever been heckled before? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, even, even, look, even now when I'm, I'm broadcasting, because Mike Keith does the, the broadcast with the windows wide open, right? And, and so we love that. We love the interaction with the fans. When we're at Baltimore, they can reach up and touch us. And so uh, I can give you a lot of Mac heckling them uh, during some of those games up there at Baltimore when I'm broadcasting with Mike Keith. And, and they give it back. Look, it's all part of the game. Yeah. It's all part of the game. And it's the atmosphere. And and last year when we were doing those ball games that, you know, we were one of t- only two radio crews that traveled all year. And, and the fans not being in the stands, I, I promise you, we missed it because that's a big part of the atmosphere of the National Football League. So heckling from the fans – Guys, look, I was in, I was in the, I've been in this league a long time. I was a head coach in the NFC East when we were at the Arizona Cardinals. We'd go to Philly. That is the quintessential best place in America for heckling fans. <laughs> Philly fans are a special kind of evil without question. But Coach Dave McGinnis is not. He's the best of the best uh, doing it for Titans Radio. Make sure you check out the OTP and all of Titans Radio's draft coverage that is coming very, very quickly to a radio dial near you, as well as Mac Talk with Brett Bryan, Coach Mac. Yeah, and absolutely. Re- we we love doing that that draft talk, and it's all brought. You know, you know, Farm Bureau Health Plans is a great sponsor for everything that that that, that we do. You know, they're they're at the Titans. I mean, you know, Randy Wilmore and Farm Bureau Health Plans they are outstanding. You know, when we put together this draft talk. Uh, 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 coming off of the Mac talk during the season with Rhett and I on, on Wednesday nights, they stepped right in. Uh, so I can't say enough about how much they help everything that we do. So yes, we we've already gone through two, two, uh, two series of that. We've got two more to go and uh, we're looking forward to it. And so the draft is coming up. I'm very, very excited about it. And I'm just excited about being able to interact with our fans again, but that's what I'm excited about. I, uh, you know what it is, it is a play. It is a true crime that fans don't get to interact with coach Mack as often as we get to interact with coach Mack. Cause it brings a whole good, a whole different kind of good energy on a Friday. Mack have a great weekend, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Buck, same to you. Thanks guys. See you, Buck. All right. We will come back and wrap up the show. There are polls to be updated here on one Oh four, five, the zone. All right. See now Lucas is sending me subliminal messages with the music.
Can't get no satisfaction. People come in here, tell me how critical I am. I have a high standard. I just want this to be nice. That's all I want. No satisfaction around here. Don Davenport inherently unsatisfied with me moving things around in the 104.5 The Zone studio. I had to get the casting couch out from behind me. I can't look at that thing. I just can't. Now, it's unfortunate that Will Bowling suggested that we put it behind Dawn because, of course, if there was First any... First of all, that was not my Pretty suggestion. thoughtless by Will Bowling. Was really Secondly, it. it is in your line of vision now, and it wasn't before. It's just not in the viewer's line of vision. So you saying, I can't have it in front of me, you literally moved it in front of you. No, I moved it to the right of me yeah, in an area of the studio where I never look. Your head? I never look at it. <laughs> yeah, I literally have eyes in the back of my head, idiot, because you set up a live stream where I'm looking at myself on camera and I got to see what's behind me. Get out of here. You're an idiot and you don't know baseball. Tell him, Bruce. <laughs> Damn. Six, what, what? No, I don't know. It's energy the end of, end of the show. I'm it's not giving Friday out the energy. number. It's done. Friday energy. <laughs> We'll get to the polls here in a second. I want to know what the hell Blaine Bishop is doing. <laughs> I'm going to be on Blaine and Mickey. I do it every Friday. I love to hang out with my friends, Blaine and Mickey. I love Blaine Bishop. But what the hell is Blaine Bishop doing? Why is Blaine tweeting out, what question would you want to ask Buck Rising on Blaine and Mickey today at 120? I don't want that in my life. You're going to get a lot of Malcolm Butler questions. I don't want people crowdsourcing my questions. What's the new question going to be this year? That you're going to get annoyed with. Oh, whatever it is. I'm sure it's just going to piss me off so much. Like, Is Jim Schwartz the defensive coordinator yet? <laughs> God. He'll just be a, the first player to go on IR. It's only a matter of time. Oh, I know. It's, this is, it's like heckling. Like This is my version of heckling. Like That's I get heckled with point. IR questions. Get creative. Do better. That's all I ask. You're an idiot. You don't we, At one we, point, I don't want Will to say that anymore. I want Bruce to just say it unprovoked. We need the the drop of Buck saying that on his A to Z Sports primetime show. No, day. well, what you know, you know what I want to hear before we get to the polls because this has bearing now that we uh, that we that Blaine Bishop is crowdsourcing my segment on his radio show. Do we have Mad Dog Russo ready? Is that something that we have in front of us? So Chris Mad Dog Russo, one of the Godfathers, one of the people who birthed this godforsaken medium of sports talk radio that that birthed is an awkward word but i mean okay. it is that's that's what it is came out of his mouth first <laughs> the phrasing michael foul sir so chris mad dog russo is among the best people at this job for a very different reason than many people who are good at this job but chris mad dog russo sometimes goes off the rails and what mad dog has done in this particular clip, reminds me of what I want to say to Blaine Bishop. This was Chris Mad Dog Russo speaking about Deflategate. Would you like to hear from Tom Brady Sr.? Then he finishes with, this has been Framegate right oh, from the beginning. Shut the hell up! Shut up! Keep your mouth shut! Your son got nailed! Keep your freaking mouth shut! I'll Framegate my ass! Keep your... <laughs> shut up! Stay low! Shut the hell up! Framegate. You mean, are you kidding me? He's trying to disparage the guy who spent 246 pages writing about it. Shut up. Go ahead. Better yet, put his son on. Let's see what he has to say. Put your son on. <laughs> Don't hide USA Today. Uh, come on. Come on, talk shows. Hey, come on now. Come on right now. Say that to me. Say that to anybody. 
you say it to somebody. Have the courage to at least say that. <laughs> Where he runs out of gas at the end. Oh. Blaine Bishop, say it to me. Say that to me. Say that to anybody. You say it to somebody. That's what I'm saying, Blaine. <laughs> Get out of here on Twitter. The baseball version of Stephen A. Smith. Right? Crowdsourcing my question. Surely Blaine can think of one thing to ask me. It doesn't have to be crowdsourced to the general public. Now, I know, of course, Blaine can. That's not what Blaine's doing. But I think I'm being set up to be trolled. It's old white man Stephen A. Smith right there. I don't appreciate it. Say it to me, Blaine. That's all I'm say asking. Say that to me. Say that to anybody. Say it to somebody. All right, Lucas, give me the polls. Are you a player heckler as a fan? Yes, a little or no? 56% say no. 31% say a little. 13% say yes. I just, you know, I have been a heckler in my time. Uh, I do not support heckling because Will Bowling is proud of the fact that he made a female tennis player cry. He's so he's still very proud he's of clapping. it. Clapping, he's clapping like a seal in the studio. Look, no, we don't I, have time. I Back to my the friends. shadows. Back to the shadows. We have polls to do. Get away from the microphone. Are you in Shoot. on Dogecoin? Oh yeah. Sixty-five percent say no. Thirty-five percent say yes. I'm not because I don't like things that I don't understand. We didn't talk about Dogecoin. Like there is a there is a cryptocurrency bubble that is getting ready to pop. But if you're in on Dogecoin, you saw a 400% increase in your investment yesterday. How invested are you in Nashville Soccer Club's second MLS season? Nearly 600 votes here. 44% are extremely invested. 23% are a little invested. 33% not at all. Okay. Well, I like those numbers. That's, that's about where, that's better than I thought it would be, honestly. Mike Jacobs who is the general manager of Nashville SC, joined us in the first hour. Go check that out on the podcast, Buck Rising, on 104.5 The Zone. Basically 70% of voters are invested. Yeah, and that's good because they play tomorrow night, a game you know that we need to see them performing, right? We need to see them build off of last, uh, last year's playoff appearance, several postseason game ones. Very, very impressive for Nashville SC in their first MLS season. But, you know, everybody wants to say, everybody's going to look at it and say, okay, do it again. Which position is the Titans' greatest draft need? Last poll of the day here. And nearly 500 votes. 39% say wide receiver. 41% say cornerback. 16% edge rusher. 4% offensive tackle. Those 4% are going to be so pissed when John Robinson drafts a tackle. Yeah, Mickey Ryan says he's going to throw a brick through his TV. (laughs) Oh, good. Will's turning on Braves live pregame in the studio. Which is exciting news for me because you know what? My time here is done. No, it's not. Oh. You're going to get, like, the first inning. Oh. <laughs> He's just, just going to be listening to Will Bowling while I'm trying to, you know, crowdsource Blaine Bishop's questions for me, screaming at guys batting that they need to go back to AAA. God. It's the end of the show. It's the end of the week. We had a great time. We had a lot of fun stuff. If you missed any of it, you can check it out on Podcast Hell. You can watch the replay of the show on video at 104.5 The Zone on Facebook, Periscope, YouTube, Twitch TV, baby. We are all over the place. And the sports talk conversation, we're going to keep it up and rolling with Blaine and Mickey coming up next. I don't know what they're going to ask me, but if you want to ask me something, you can go respond to Blaine Bishop on Twitter. We'll talk to you all on Monday. Have a fantastic weekend, Nashville.